Welcome back to the program. Tuesday afternoon. I hope you're having a great start to your Tuesday. Well, it's almost. Yeah, we're well into the Tuesday, aren't we? Well into it. It's just not a start of anything. Uh, it's the second hour of the program. We know that. Glenn Hawke coming up very shortly. We'll have afternoons amplified. Daniel Garb, and we'll have a chat to Garby about all the things happening in the world of football. Lots to get through there. Uh, it's a very familiar top of the EPL ladder, isn't it? Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal. But... Anyway, Tottenham, there in fourth spot, dropped down to fourth spot after their loss to Wolves the other day. Lots we're talking about today, most notably our talk topic on the back of what Chloe Malloy. Now, you may not know who Chloe Malloy is. She's a star Collingwood AFLW player who's come to the Sydney Swans. Last year, they didn't win a game. This week, they play against the Adelaide Crows in the second week of the semifinals, and we're asking you to name us your club changes, your club changes. So you walk in and you make an immediate difference for the positive to your club. So Brad Freddie Fittler was identified as one in 1996 at the Roosters. They didn't miss the finals for nine seasons. His entire nine seasons at the Roosters, they did not miss the semis after they hadn't made the semis for a long time prior to that. Eric Cantona was another one who did it at Man United. So, he came across from Leeds United and immediately changed the culture of that team. Jimmy, what about the 2014, the wristband saga? Apparently, it helped South Sydney to win the premiership. Now, Nick, I had no idea what you were talking about uh, until I found an old Fox Sports article that talked about, well, a couple of things that South Sydney did in 2014. Um, it was firstly a secret whiz bank technology uh, that was a spray that the players were spraying on their jerseys and their socks. And it was investigated by the NRL Integrity Unit and it was told it was thermoregulation, which means keeps them cooler for longer. Then, then there was the chips worn under the clothes and the bandages. This was the wrist stuff. Uh, and again, the Integrity Unit were investigating as well and said there was nothing particularly sinister or particularly mysterious and certainly... Another nothing performance enhancing associated with that one. So that's that's not really what I'm looking for. But uh, good on you, Nick. Took me uh, down the rabbit hole on that one, Jimmy. Would you consider when Greg Norman went from Titleist to Cobra a club changer, Murray? Yes, I would, Murray. Thank you very much for that, Murray. Uh, we do appreciate it. Hey, uh, Junior Smithy, half your text message got cut off. I don't know where the other half went, but. It was something about the Junior Rugby League uh, female players, I think, too. So if you could do that, uh, send that back in, that'd be uh, fantastic. Now, uh, talking about game changers, Sonny Bill Williams, that's from Tim. Yes, everyone at the Roosters talked about the impact that Sonny Bill Williams had on the club in 2013 uh, immediately and then across 2014. So that was just for a two-year period. He went back and won a Rugby World Cup with the All Blacks, which is quite incredible. Afternoon, James. After the debacle that was the Northern Eagles, Manly were left to pick up the pieces of a broken club. Enter Ben Kennedy, who brought with him a culture that still stays with the club today. His professionalism through all aspects of the game was the building blocks that made Manly a force in the late 2000s, early 2010. Slow, uh, so influential was BK that in 2007, a Manly 60-year anniversary, he was named on the bench in their best ever team. He only spent two years at Brookvale. So that is a very good nomination, Statsy from Freshwater, and a lot of people doing that too. Yeah, uh, Cooper Cronk at the Roosters, two years, two premierships. He retires, and they haven't been the same since, says the Tassie Rooster. And for a bit of nostalgia, we know how good nostalgia is 
on radio. Read Club Changing Players. I'll put forward for your consideration Steve Edge to Parramatta. Taught them what it takes to win a premiership. Regards, Uncle LOL, LOL. That is a great nomination. He was a premiership winning captain at the St. George Dragons, and then he went to Parramatta, and they won three straight. So that is a great one, Uncle LOL, LOL. And Fitzy had to chip in with this one, didn't he? Uh, Let's be honest, James. J.A. isn't the first person you've put to sleep. Now, Fitz, just to let you know, J.A. was awake and listening to the program and not going back to sleep. So I'm going to have to... Gonna have to pull you up on that one. Uh one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Get us on the text line as well. Zero four five seven seven three six seven three six. Host and MC Glenn Hawk. Now Glenn Hawk, he's gone to the work from studio as I do the work from home. How are you, Glenn? Hello, Jimmy Smith. Let's try that oh, one. Hello, Jimmy on Smith. There, mate, I'm starting came last time I came in here with you, you're working mm. from home. Mm. Back in here today, working from home. I don't know if it's me or if it's you're just coming oh, home. <laughs> I'll look very closely at the schedule, Glenn, and uh, find out. <laughs> Mate, I'm, I'm loving the uh, the club changing uh, chat this afternoon. What have you got for us? I, I'm not too sure if I haven't heard all of them, but what about the uh, the Prince of Locks, the great Ronnie Coote? Ooh. Nine now premierships, good, yes. 11 seasons, a South Sydney great. Then uh, all of a sudden he, he crossed to the dark side, went to the Sydney Roosters and picked up another two premierships. When 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 is Ronnie Coote... Jimmy, going to become an immortal of rugby league. <laughs> Probably another debate uh, for another day, right? It's always a debate when we talk about the immortals and potential immortals. And Ronnie Coote's name is always mentioned. Always yeah. mentioned. So uh, I don't think that's outrageous. So what about that? Cam Murray was going to or looking to break a record before he had to withdraw with injury from that final game against the Kiwis. A record held by the great Ron Coote back in the late 60s, early 70s, consecutive Try, uh, tries in consecutive test matches. So quite a steam company. Show. Yeah. yeah. Very good company. Very good company. So judging from this, Glenn, am I picking up that you're a South Sydney Rabbitohs supporter? I'm a supporter of rugby league, uh, Jim. I love uh, plenty of teams and all of them, all the teams I work for, I love incredibly. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I'm, if someone asks me deep down, I'm a Newcastle mm. Knights guy. Really? Yeah. Newcastle look, Knights. born and bred there. Um, you know, I was standing on the hill in 1988 when they ran out for the first time when Sammy Stewart led him out there against uh, against Parramatta in the first match, and it's, I've been part, working for the club for a long time. So yeah, I'm a Newcastle Knight deep down. All right, well, we'll we'll accept that. We'll <laughs> accept because I wonder why Coach K was locked in conversation with you so much during the course of the ad breaks. And I thought if it was the South Sydney Rabbitohs connection, then that would have made a whole heap of sense. I know. We're, um, talking, we're talking plenty of Rabbitohs and um, Coach K and I were just talking about um, it's it's mid-November and we're already talking quite heavily about the season 2024 with the draw out and, you know, the uh, prospects of what's happening next season. But it's, it's, it's a game that just keeps on giving, isn't it? Uh, absolutely it is. Andrew from Manly Weather has contacted us here. Uh, I'm going to go back a bit, but John O'Neill from South to Manly. In 1972, his addition was largely attributed to 72 and 73 premierships. It was Andrew from Manly Weather. The other thing that Andrew from Manly Weather told me about was, well, talked about across social media, Glenn, was can we do more with the draw? Can can we make it a more of a product? Is is there something that, you know, we haven't got a draft, which I think is, is a misstep from the National Rugby League. They'll be able to do definite draft windows. But do you think, or is, or is it, I heard, Brandy talking about it this morning, and he was, I think he was over the draw already, but can we do more with it, you reckon? 
I think the clubs or a few of the clubs did a really good job yesterday on social media of, of making something of it. The West Tigers um, did a great one with the songs against all the opposition players. But um, yeah, look, it, it's I, I think because it's not it's a schedule, it's not a draw, and plenty have spoken about it. It's it's not perfect. I'm not too sure how much more we can do about it. And and we're talking about soft draws and and tough draws. At the end of the day, though, I don't think we get to the end of 27 rounds, we get to the final series and a team will sit there and go, well, this the draw cost me a, a spot in the finals or the draw cost, cost me a premiership this year or cost us the premiership this year. Yeah, maybe a little bit with, with Brandy. It, it is what it is. We can't do anything about it now and everyone just has to play on and dig in for the 27 rounds starting early March. Uh, you'll be happy to know that the analyst, Scotty Woodward, has gone through and based on market perception has worked out who's going to finish where after the 2024 draw. So um, we were talking about that a little bit earlier. Cricket World Cup coming up. We've got India versus New Zealand in Mumbai tomorrow. Australia v South Africa in Kolkata. But there's a chance that won't go ahead with the weather that's predicted there. Well, I want to ask you this. Who's in your 11? Have you got Manus or Marcus? There's been so much debate about this over the last 24, 48 hours or so. I think I'm going to have to go with Marnus. I think mm. I heard uh, during Matty White's program this morning the discussion around the the averages and the strike rates between Marcus and and Marnus. I think um, what Marnus has done particularly well, he, he batting average um, around about 40, strike rate about 70. But we have to look at the situations where he's coming to the into the game as well. And a couple of times he's come in where you know, off the back of a couple of quick wickets where he's had to dig in. And, you know, this isn't 2020 cricket. You know, we don't need to be hitting a strike rate of 150 off the first ball. Then what Australia hasn't done particularly well through the, the middle overs is being able to grind out that innings. And it's something that I think that, that Manus has an ability to do, to come in. If we do lose a couple of early wickets, he can come in and, and, and kind of grind out that innings. We, we need someone to, you know, that three, four, five batters to be sticking around for... 10, 15, 20 overs. So I think he can do that really well. I think another aspect of his game that that is that could be underestimated is his fielding. He's been outstanding in the field right throughout this World Cup. We saw the game against New Zealand in that last over, throwing himself around the boundary in that in that last over. I think what he brings to the fielding is enormous in in white ball cricket. So it's it's minus for me. Yeah, and that's the other thing you're talking to people about, you know, in the circle pressure and what mm. that does for the batsman. You know, I, do I hit it past him? Oh, I'm not sure I hit him. All right, I don't get the run there, um, you know, which has an impact uh, just starting to or, or helping build pressure for the bowler. Here's the other way to look at it too, Glenn. If, and I'm not saying Steve Smith's in bad form, but he's not in great form. Mm. If he was in better form, you might then be more confident of saying, well, we know we're going to get runs out of Steve and then we can just work around him. But if they lose Steve and they haven't got Marnus, then they've got some troubles. Yeah, and if you're going to stack up Marcus Stoinis, Marnus Labuschagne and Steve Smith, if one of those is going to drop out, I think it's, for me, it's uh, it's Marcus Stoinis. He's, he's, he's done a little bit with the ball. Again, it could come down to the situation with uh, what the wicket's going to be playing like there. Is it more than likely it is going to turn. So using the slower bowler might be you know, more appropriate than, than having Marcus Stoinis coming in with his, his medium paces. So a little bit of a situation um, to, to, to play out there as well. But I think it's it's all pointing to, Mar- to, uh, to Marnus at the moment. Mm, I wonder what the pitch will be like at Kolkata. And it might be a moot point if it's underwater, which is what the threat is be with the cyclone. Yeah, that, that's the biggest concern, isn't it? And, and there's... Do we... There's no reserve day, is that right? So if if it gets washed, there's out, one reserve day. There's okay, one so, reserve day. So if it does yeah. get washed out on 
Thursday. Thursday, yeah. We get a chance to play on Friday. So that's okay. That, well, there's a reserve day Friday, but apparently the cyclone's still around on Friday. <laughs> right, so, right. So that, that, that's the problem with that. And um, I was listening to Vossi and Brandy this morning, and, and the point was made, well, just go and play it in another venue somewhere else away from – because from what I understand, there's no problem with Mumbai, with India and New Zealand. So go, go and play it again in Mumbai. Like, what are there, 300 people who have bought tickets for this semi-final <laughs> that, that are going to be put out, Australia v South Africa? And being country, India, Jimmy, plenty of cricket grounds there. There's be a few options to move them around at the moment. Yeah, exactly. And we, what do we hear from Mitch Marsh? He had – they've had 15 plane rides yeah. during the course of this World Cup. What's another one? What Exactly. And just, as you say, yeah. if, the, if this cyclone, you know, there's 100% chance at the moment, yeah, there's why don't the tor- tournament organisers just call it now? Yeah, it, that's exactly right. When has that happened? When did that happen? I know Kevin Mitchell Jr., I think it was, mm. famously came out onto the Wool and Gabba ground and it was not raining. And he just, he just ran out with the covers and said, I know it's not raining now, boys. But get off because it's about to pelt down, which it did in about three minutes' time. Jimmy, I've I'm worked trying. up at um, I've worked up at the Gabba before doing some ground announcing at a Test match, and that exactly thing happened. We had someone from the from the Gabba come in and say, "Here's a couple of announcements because very soon you have to read out about getting people undercover, storm ward- storm warnings, whatnot." And you're looking at it's brilliant blue sun, you know, skies. Yeah. And then within a moment, it absolutely belts down with rain. Um, half an hour, forty five minutes, the the Gabba's underwater. Rain stops, we clear it off, and away we go again. So it's um, quite incredible how quick that rain can come in at the Gabba. Actually, you know what it was? It was the MotoGP down at Phillip Island a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. They they had the race to be play to be run on the Sunday, and because oh, they right. were yes. in inclement weather, they went. No, we're just going to do it on Saturday night. Saturday. And I thought to myself, what what a great deal of flexibility to make sure that the event everyone's there to make most people are camping overnight. Yes, there's going to be some people put out, but you'd rather have that than have no event at all or an event where all these riders are in danger. And there's so many times, and we know that it's not easy to do this, whatever the sport may be with with teams and logistics and broadcasts and all these kind of things. But if you do it early enough and you can get your heads together, it's the smart way and it's the best way for the tournament, best way for the players, best way for the spectators as well. Yeah, all right, BCCI and the International Cricket... Actually, I should, don't know why I said BCCI, but really, we know that <laughs> they're same. running the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, ICC, over to you. Maybe you can make a change for this Australia. Um, the South Africans, though, they've never won a semi-final. They may not win that semi-final, but if I'm them, I'm going, no, we're staying here. Thanks very yeah. much in Kolkata. Go the rain. <laughs> Go the, exactly. Uh, cheering for the Cyclone, uh, which has often been some great cricket teams that I've played against has been their strategy, but that's a separate issue. 0457 736 736. Uh, we've got to get ourselves to a break. Just before that, Simon from Balgowney, game changer. So they don't have to be just players, Glenn. Here's one. I think it's fair to say Wayne Bennett made an immediate impact at my Dragons in 2009. I think we were minor premiers the first year and premiers the following year, if my memory Serves me correctly. Simon from Balgowney. I think you were there or thereabouts the following year as well until Wayne took off for the Newcastle Knights. So that is a very good nomination on that one. All right, Glenn, we've got to get ourselves to a break. After that, I'm going to ask you about the Sixers' performance last night in a heart stopper against the Hurricanes. Uh, we'll get a WBBL update. Stick around. 
Uh, update in this NFL game. So Monday night footy over there in the States. Uh, five and a half minutes remaining in the second quarter. The Broncos 9-0 against the Bills who are playing at home. 9-0. Uh, Russell Wilson, 75 yards and a touchdown as well. So uh, thank you for that. Happy with more sympathetic draw to the start of the 2024 season for the Mighty Eels. Went to the Wanderers' first Perth A-League game last Saturday at Combank Stadium. They let the crowd onto the pitch after the game. We were very surprised how firm the pitch felt underfoot, like really firm. I wonder if all these top arena playing surfaces are like that. That's Eels Muzz. Well, who better to ask than Glenn Hawke, who is our guest in the studio and walks all over the hallowed turf of the sports grounds around this great state and indeed country. So, Glenn, give us an up, give us a appraisal of that. What, in your opinion, is the best surface of all the grounds which is the firmest is it combank stadium they've all had their issues over the last couple of years you know the, probably the best playing surface that i've ever seen in the nrl mm-hmm. was the old one three hundred smile stadium up at townsville right that yeah, um right. the stadium and this is obviously got the new stadium at um right in the city now at, uh, at townsville but back in the day when that was the home ground of the, of the cowboys they only played 12 games a year 12 games of rugby league that was it the rest of the time, the ground staff just spent manicuring the grass and uh, and rolling and doing whatever they did to it. But um, I think that was probably the best playing surface um, that I've ever seen. Okay, so that that immediately takes me to which was the worst. Oh, look, there's been a few mid June, mid July in uh, in Sydney, a core stadium at different times has looked pretty average. Yeah, Combank Stadium. They've all you know that that middle of the um, middle of the season middle of the rugby league season, cold weather, a lot of rain, a lot of foot traffic. And uh, I think sometimes then instead of the uh, the mowers, the ground staff ended up getting the green paint out to make things look a little bit better than what they actually are as well. Uh, what about Suncorp Stadium over the years? We've always had the, you know, massive divots coming out and, uh, you know, the, the grass fungi that apparently is attacking certain grasses at the stadium. But what about Suncorp? Yeah, we saw um, the biggest issue that Suncorp had is around Magic Round, where you're playing yes. seven or eight games here over the weekend. If you're playing Magic Round, you want to play on Friday night or first game Saturday as opposed to the last game on, on Sunday, where it's looking fairly average um, at the back end of the weekend. But uh, I think I think generally, though, the Queensland venues have, all, have held up a little bit better with the, the weather being a little bit warmer through those those winter months as well. But, um, yeah, I think they all have go through their moments. And have you ever met crankier people in the world than groundsmen? It doesn't matter what – it doesn't matter if it's Wembley Stadium, a core stadium, or, uh, or you know, suburban cricket fields. They're, all, they're always cranky blokes, aren't they? Mate, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, – and just on that, there's nine games up there now for Magic Round, go. given the women's, women's right, state the Thursday, of origin yeah. going to be played on the, on the Thursday night. Um, I don't know what his surname was, but he used to be the groundsman on behalf of Wallara Council down at Trumper Oval. Um, we we used to call him uh, Hanoi Ted. Now, he was a, <laughs> he was, he was a Vietnam veteran, um, and he used to have a beer on a Saturday morning and sit on the roller before third-grade cricket. Uh, and – um, Ted's Ted's pitches down there at Trumper at times weren't the best. But as we knew, Ted had received, this is a true story, Ted had received a Purple Heart from George Bush for his heroics during the course of the Vietnam War. And as a result of that, as the uh, home captain, I was always most appreciative of the wickets. <laughs> 
of the wickets that Ted prepared down there at Trumper Park. But, uh, yeah, no one wanted to get on the wrong side of Hanoi Ted, I can tell you that. What about this WBBL match from last night, mate? The Sixers got it done. Matilda Carmichael, a new star he's found. Yeah, talking about um, club changes, Matilda Carmichael, 29-year-old from Sydney, headed to Perth a few years ago now to ply trade, not just in uh, in cricket, but also hockey as well. She's a, an outstanding hockey player that just missed out on the on the nine, on the twenty sixteen Rio Olympics. Went all in on uh, cricket about that point and um, won a championship with the Perth Scorchers. But came back to the Sydney Six or came to the Sydney Sixers this year. She played uh, under Susie Bates over there in Perth a couple of years ago. Of course, Susie's with the Sixers as well and um, probably turned in her. In one of her career best performances last night, 32 from from 21, and and came in when the the Sixers were, were cruising there, chasing 140 for victory, seven yeah. for seven for 107 with um with four overs to go. They looked all done and dusted, but uh, Matilda Carmichael stepped up and played beautifully. As I said, 32 from from 21 deliveries, and well supported as well by Kate Patterson, who came in at nine just after her. As well as uh, as Matilda was going, Kate did a great job at the other end. She came up with um, ten from as many balls and hit the winning run in the end. So they, the winning run that that's four on the bounce now for the Sydney Sixers. They were looking in all sorts early on in this yeah. season, but um, I tell you what, Jimmy, they they have got a tough run home now. So they're sitting in in fifth spot. They've got the Scorchers, the Strikers, the Heat, and the Thunder as their last four games. They are the four teams that are sitting above them in one, two, three, four. The uh, the Sixers just sitting outside the four in in um, in fifth position so you would think they're going to uh, they're going to have to pick up at least two maybe three of those and I suppose at this time of the, the season if you're going to be winning those games you're going to put yourself right in, into contention for uh, for another championship and is that good for Elisa Healy will not be back for any no she's WB done I think back. all she's so. she's looking towards now that um, that tour of India that's coming up not yeah. long after the season but uh, no she's she's done yeah, based on their strategy, Elise Perry and Ash Gardner, if they don't get wickets and runs, um, then that's, uh, uh, except for Matilda Carmichael, it was him in that match last night. So, uh, all right, mate, good stuff. Um, appreciate you coming in, even though I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not taking it personally, and, not at all. No, and, and next week, Glenn, don't come in either because we'll have to be doing it from home because it's a, a work from home Next couple of weeks, given all the refurbishments and the renovations that are going on at the SEN studios. Good on you, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jimmy. Glenn Hawke there, uh, running his eye across, well, everything and anything from the world of sport. So great to catch up with him. All right, let's get ourselves to the news. After that, we're back with Afternoons Amplified with Coach Kay.